Today, we're watching Star Trek The Next Generation. After much complaining and prodding, Picard takes some shore leave on a paradise world. But his holiday is soon interrupted by an Indiana Jones-esque adventure. From March 31st, 1990, it's season 3, episode 19, Captain's Holiday. Or, it belongs in a future museum. <laughs> I'm Cam. That's Dan. And this episode has fuck trophies. <laughs> I mean, was it demeaning? Was it a weird sexual angle? Of course, Riker suggested <laughs> it, but it is an efficient oh, system. If you could just like display a totem or just put up a sign or something, something a little more subtle than that, but just DTF presenting to the world open for business. Hashtag DTF. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I... <laughs> Oh, I love this episode, actually. Um, and it has huge canonical implications, just like the last couple did. Can you believe that? Yeah. Wow. It was a fun romp and shore leave that was not like normal shore leave. It was less shore leavey. <laughs> Still pretty sticky, but less, less the planet's trying to kill us, less the holodeck is trying to kill us, less, you know, we had peeping aliens who were trying to steal something but that was about it yeah i mean i guess it was less it was less dan levy and more eugene levy <laughs> of the shore levies uh are you saying that it's not wait never mind <laughs> i'll just let you have that one no dan 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 levy's I... the lesser of the two in that comparison eugene levy is a living legend dan levy is a you know I won't say up and comer because the man has had a fucking career already, but Eugene Levy's an institution. He is an institution, but enough teasing. If I wanted to be teased, I would look at Picard's <laughs> swim trunks. You're goddamn right you would. <laughs> Here's the thing. On start at 437.45.2, Captain Picard is strongly pressured by the crew of the Enterprise as he's been having a hard time. Mostly he's grumpy and grouchy and a little short with people. Shorter than normal anyway. And he reluctantly agrees to take vacation on Risa, a pleasure planet recommended by Commander Riker. Shortly after he arrives, he is kissed by a woman he has never met in her attempt to fend off a Ferengi named Sovak. Sovak accuses Picard of conspiring with the woman, Vash, who has in her possession a data disk that he wants. Picard has no interest in the quarrel and returns to his room, only to discover two Vorgons who identify themselves as time-traveling police agents from the 27th century. Searching for powerful weapon called the Tox Utat, capable of stopping fusion reactions in a star, the 27th century scientist who invented it traveled back in time to hide it, according to their historical records. Picard will locate this object on Risa. Picard confronts Vash about the Tox Utat. She claims to be a former assistant of an archaeologist who discovered the location of the Utat, giving her the disc for safekeeping, and then died. Picard and Vash use the information on the disc to determine that the Utat's hiding place is close by. When they arrive at the location where the Utat is buried, the Vorgons appear to witness the discovery of the Utat. 
Sovak then arrives with a phaser rifle and has Picard and Vash excavate the site at gunpoint for hours. However, the Utat is not there. The Borgons leave, confused because this doesn't line up with their historical record. Sovak, in his obsession, refuses to believe that the Utat isn't there and throws away the rifle, starts digging while Vash and Picard return to the resort. After their arrival, the Enterprise returns to pick up Picard. He catches Vash attempting to sneak away from the resort and surmises that she arrived days earlier, located the Otat, and devised a ruse to fool Sovak into thinking the Otat was lost. She reveals the hidden, hidden Utat, and the Vorgons reappear, demanding it. When Vash suggests that the Vorgons may have ulterior motives, Picard has the Enterprise use the transporter to destroy it. They disappoint the disappointed Vorgons reveal that Picard has acted just as their record said by destroying the Utat, admitting defeat. They leave. Vash and Picard have a final intimate exchange before they say goodbye to each other, and so ends Captain's Holiday. I should have called it Star Trek The Next Generation Miami <laughs> Vice. I mean, yes. It was right there, Cameron. It was. So what did you love about this episode, Daniel? I love that the, one of the first lines from these alien future cops was, he will come. Because you bet your ass he did. Woo! Yes. <laughs> I loved getting to see Picard forced on holiday. It was, you know, I thought it was going to be lame. And it ended up being fun. You know, the most rejuvenating thing for Picard <laughs> is adventure. And architecture. <laughs> I mean, not architecture. Archaeology <laughs> and challenge and dad ass and dad ass. Yes. Yep. If his life can be in danger and he can get laid. Mm -hmm. He's a happy boy. Absolutely. Uh, it was a little overly complicated about why things were, were happening and, and needing to, to be so with the whole time travel angle. I'm like, well, that's just superfluous, but yeah, fine. Whatever. Uh, the fashion on display is both incredible and oh, terrible. Yes. There's some there's some great things, there's some terrible things. There's people wearing like rain ponchos, not even. It's like a plastic sheet. They are wearing a yes. painter's tarp. Uh, that is clear. Picard starts his episode so grouchy. He I, you see shades of Scrooge. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> I love that Riker's entire recommendation is based on where there are available and interested women. Yep. And then he asks him to pick him up a fuck me sign. <laughs> That's the most Riker move ever. Which are called horgons, by the way. Mm. Spelled with an H, but said like a whore. Of course. Yeah, I mean, it's it's less horgon and more like whore right here, right now. <laughs> It's not so much Horgon as like whore present. You're goddamn right. I do love the design of the Horgon. Vosh, the rapscallion who's an archaeologist of sorts. She's a tomb raider, let's be honest. She's fucking Lara Croft without the without the accent. A little. Uh she's very fun. She is fun. It's a good time. Gets she's she's just roguish enough that She's a contrast to Picard, but not so roguish that he can't work with her. Also, oof, that cave scene. Mm -hmm. mm. <laughs> All night long. It's so good. And No, it's straight up 
lifts a huge section of this plot from Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. It's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, basically. Vosh will come back, actually, several times in several series, and I love that. I think you mean she's going to come back two more times in this and Deep Space Nine. That's several. That's hardly Don't several. Don't be pedantic with That's me. That's a couple. That's a literal couple. <laughs> two. Them fighting over the blanket was cute. I enjoyed the fashion. I enjoyed the setup. I think it took us a little too long to get down to the planet, but once we were there, I was having a good time. And, oh, I also loved Picard's suitcase. Yeah. I loved that he brought uh, James Joyce's Ulysses and some future thing of philosophy and his idea of a good time was like, I thought about going to that star convention about physics. (laughs) And, you know, our good doctor gives him a hard-ass time about Mm -hmm. it. I was like, that doesn't sound relaxing to me at all. (laughs) And little did she know, Picard's like, no, no, no. We do a lot of hard drugs. (laughs) How else are you going to talk about astrophysics? Right. But she uh, she gave him the old old McCoy treatment. Yep, she did. (laughs) She straight up gave him the McCoy, which is maybe one of my favorite aspects of this, is that she... uh, straight up lifted the McCoy tactic. It was like, there's a member of the crew who's kind of being shitty and irritable. <laughs> I gotta get him to listen to me. Well, that just won't say in bones. Good, you agree, <laughs> so go on some shore leave. Ah, tricks me again. Yep. You best. Yep, it is straight up McCoy, and it's so good. It's a thousand percent the McCoy. That's the McCoy maneuver. <laughs> I thought that was taking illegal drugs and selling them on the black market. No, it's making (laughs) illegal drugs, and they're only illegal because we don't know they exist yet. (laughs) I am a mad chemist who has done things with chemicals that no god or race has ever even conceived of. Because he's an evil genius. The best that we have. I can make you see the true nature of things and then bring you down real gentle. It's a good hit. Oh, I miss I miss McCoy. His brain, it's God. I miss McCoy every day. I also miss Kirk and Spock every day. I uh, told a friend the other day who is like who is a Trekkie but has never been able to do the original series because it's just too cheesy. And I was like, you have to, you have to approach it through the visage of what they accomplished in the late '60s, but also that it's an unrequited pansexual love story between Kirk and Spock, and then it will be the best thing you've ever watched. <laughs> Yeah, do they know about our show? Yes, they do now. Well, have them listen to the, watch the pilot and then listen to the first episode and I will be just as angry as them about how dumb it is. (laughs) Actually, the pilot wasn't that bad. The pilot's not terrible. Was no Spock's brain, that's for sure. Oh, Spock's brain. Or the arena. Oh, God, what a fucking shit show. I hate that episode. I hate that episode. I love that it exists, but I hate that I watched it. <laughs> I think you might be alone. Alone. Just like on the farm. <laughs> Just going to build a diamond gun. Out of bamboo. I'm going to make some gunpowder. It's good shit. Terrible. <laughs> Cameron, what did you love about this episode? I loved a lot about this episode. I love its canonical implications, which you will soon see. I love Vash. I think she is brilliantly portrayed. I love that the entire crew gangs up on Captain Picard and says, you're being moody and bitchy. Go away. 
my favorite ploys that Counselor Troy is like, oh, we're going to be stopping at the Starbase and my mother's going to be there. <laughs> Hilarious. Ah, <laughs> uh, so good. And that Riker got him the Horgan. I mean, you know, asked to be, asked a Horgan to be picked up on his behalf. I love that Picard is such a nerd that his relaxing is literally sitting in the sun wearing very little clothing, but reading a book. And not just any book, Ulysses. <laughs> just some light reading it's like homework but outside <laughs> it's so good and i love that we get to see risa that comes back a lot a pleasure planet it's actually i mean you'll just find out more and more about it and it's fascinating it's like the shore leave planet but better executed in every way and less alice in wonderland <laughs> what the fuck did i just see a rabbit <laughs> jim i'm not even drunk yet <laughs> But yeah, and I love, I actually even love Sovak. I thought that he was a perfect foil for this because it's just, it's a little cartoony and I really liked that in this, in the overall flavor of this episode. Everybody needs a trench-coated Nazi with a laser gun. <laughs> you do. <laughs> wearing, wearing a sensible sandal. Um, yeah, but I, I do. I enjoy a lot about this episode. Well, it wasn't all Picard's aggressively tight, tight shorts. <laughs> no, no, it was not. Tell me, Daniel, what did you hate? So why future cops would come back three or four times from hundreds of years in the future makes zero sense. They know what they must have a better idea of when he's going to have it. For starters, that was I was just like, this is. Yes, thank you for reminding me that that's also a thing that's going on. Two things profoundly bothered me about this episode, though. Number one, their idea of archaeology is digging one 10 by 10 by 6 hole. That's it. That's the whole excavation. They're like, well, it's not in this immediate area. I guess it's not here at all. I was like, that is the stupidest, most pathetic attempt at archaeology. No, I mean, what What more do you want from us? We dug this one hole. It wasn't here. Clearly, it's not here. He was wrong about everything. I'm like, that is such lunacy. And the fact that he fell for it. That was the worst part. I was like, so you're you're honestly going to tell me that Sovox like, well, shit, they dug a hole <laughs> and it wasn't in that hole. Oh, man, I'm gravely miscalculated. <laughs> that was utter fucking lunacy. Also, they get to an archaeological dig site and they don't scan it with anything. They don't they're not just like, oh, well, there's dirt here, so I guess we'll dig like this is the 24th century. It is. And we can't scan below ground. Are you fucking kidding me, Cameron? Are you? I understand that for the sake of time, we can't be at the archaeological dig site forever. Because if we stay there too long, people are just going to realize it's the same cave Picard keeps getting trapped in. <laughs> it's the same set, just dressed up and done a little differently. Stage 13, Dan. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. I just... And the guys from the future, too, were like, we must have had it wrong. It's not in that one hole. <laughs> and then they disappear. Also, how they just stand there while he appears 
Sovak uh, reappears with the laser rifle, and the two future cops are just like, this guy's on the level. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't do anything about it. And just like, well, you should probably keep digging. That's just an awkward couple of hours of them standing there <laughs> and Sovak standing there while the two of them dig this one random hole, and everyone just like, so is anyone going to talk about the fact that we want this thing and he wants this thing and we should probably be in conflict now? No. <laughs> All right, you two keep digging. We'll sort it out later. Ha ha. It's fine. Ha. <laughs> I mean, you're not Just... wrong. I, I had always assumed that the notes had very specific layouts of where it should be so if it's all if it well if it wasn't in this very specific spot there's certainly not a 10 foot margin of error <laughs> it's like a treasure map dan <laughs> it should be right here it's got to be right here daniel if it ain't right here it's not here yeah i don't know that didn't i mean that didn't bother me as much as the uh the aliens and <laughs> going and sovat going not saying anything to each other, just, I mean, not even exchanging yeah. stink eye. Like, what are you doing here? Nothing. No acknowledgement whatsoever. <laughs> it's like, clearly we're running up against a time limit, so I don't have time to exchange dialogue with you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong, but that's not even my main pet peeve about this episode. What, bug, what bugs you about I, I have always hated that when the Ferengi look like that on top, that they didn't think about doing anything to their bodies when they were wearing shorts and t-shirts and sandals. And I know it's just a small detail and most people don't look at feet, but like, it's just, um, I exclusively look at feet <laughs> several times a day. Yeah. Why do you think I pay all that money on fans? Oh, only? I had no idea. Did, oh yeah. Big into did feet. You like big did you into like my, did you like my page? <laughs> No, they're not the right feet. <laughs> I like really dainty feet, like to the point where they're basically peg legs with toenails. Oh, you are recycling a bit from 20 minutes of banter, and I do not appreciate it. How dare you? <laughs> Can't have it both ways. Can't say, oh, recycling's going to save the world, and then get mad when I wrap your gift in newspaper, okay? That wasn't even newspaper. That was just literally Austin's garbage. <laughs> Also, how bad is that bikini shot early on in the episode where there's just random extra lounging and they just do a nice long pan down her yep. body? I was like, oi. <laughs> Some things have not aged well from the 80s and slash 1990. Uh, what were we talking about? Um, how dumb Hoverball is. Like, what the <laughs> fuck was that even supposed to be? Yeah. I don't know. Hey, remember that special effect from Star Wars with the weird ball thing that everyone was like, is that actually Jedi training? Is that all it is? That's dumb. <laughs> Future. That's what it was, Dan. You Future. Ball. <laughs> we play Hoverball, sir. I was like, okay, Marty McFly. <laughs> so cool. But yeah. Uh, I guess I'm not very good at Hoverball. Would you like to fuck? <laughs> Why does everyone assume I still have a libido? <laughs> He'd better when he's... I need to go on a whimsical action adventure that ends in a cave just for me to maintain an erection. <laughs> I mean, he'd better still have a libido if he's dressed like that. That's all I'm saying. He's asking for it. Mm -hmm. they're, from his, they're from his younger days. 
uh, I think I think that he definitely has a cave fetish, though. He has to be in a cave to get erect. <laughs> I'm calling it now. I mean, who doesn't have a cave fetish, though? Yeah, it's from it's from his his young days wandering around the vineyard when he uh, had his first encounters in the cheese aging caves <laughs> with everyone. <laughs> no, 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 just with just with one Englishman. It affected him so much that he lost his French accent and never regained it. <laughs> Uh, head cannon. Head cannon. I mean, it's too much to ask, but I wish that everyone would have thrown at thrown themselves at him on Risa. Like if Risa was made today, and I hope we get to see it in the new ones, but it would be everyone throwing themselves at him because mm-hmm. of the horja. Well, you you just pick a specific horja that just says what you're in, what you're down for. It's like a handkerchief code, right or left, top or bottom, for. <laughs> Different colors for different things. BDSM, uniform play, all kinds of stuff. Look it up, handkerchief code. It's a thing. I mean, I've definitely heard of it before, but I can't break it down. Well, let me just tell tell you this much, Cameron. You only have to walk through the East Village with a khaki bandana hanging out of your back pocket one time before you do some Googling. <laughs> it was the best 12 hours of my life. <laughs> it was fantastic. The uniform didn't fit, but it was still fun. <laughs> Oh, khaki uniforms, huh? Were you a UPS man? Were you a delivery boy? <laughs> the shorts, were they any shorter? <laughs> would have been a belt. <laughs> oh, fuck. Um, literally and metaphorically. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's definitely not without its faults, but I had a great time. And you know what the best part was? The quotes? You're absolutely right. Oh, good. Oh, oh, good. Tell me, number one. Is the entire crew aware of this little scheme to send me off on holiday? I believe there are two ensigns stationed on Deck 39 who know nothing about it. <laughs> Isn't there someplace special you want to go? The Astrophysics Center on Icon 9 is holding a symposium on rogue star clusters. I had given serious thought to it. The last thing you need is serious thought, Jean-Luc. Why don't you go someplace beautiful where you can relax and be pampered? You deserve it. I'll give it serious thought. What? 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 Looks directly at the camera. <laughs> the Horgon is the rising symbol of sexuality. To own one is to call forth its powers. To display it is to announce you are seeking Jamaharon. Riker! <laughs> Do you seek Jamaharon? I don't even know what it means. The Horgon is for a friend. I see. Someone close to you? That's right. Someone you love? I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> yes, he would. Liked him better without the beard. <laughs> I think you've mistaken me for... <clears throat> Phlegm. Phlegma. I think you've mistaken me for someone else. You know, I think you might be right. Welcome to Risa. A simple handshake would have sufficed. <laughs> That's after Vash does the classic, kiss me, don't ask questions. <laughs> but she didn't say anything. Uh, it is classic, though. They do a great send, they do a great send up on, of it on Community. <laughs> Somebody's running and he stops and goes, this girl, quick, kiss me. She goes, what? No. He goes, I'll explain later. She goes, explanation isn't the issue. <laughs> oh. She is a greedy, unscrupulous woman, a perfect mate for a Ferengi. Uh. <laughs> you know, Jean-Luc, it's lucky for you we met. 
If it wasn't for me, you'd be stuck back there sitting in the sun, relaxing. That happens to be why I came to Risa. I'm sure you hated every minute of it. Oh, yes, number one. About the Horgon you requested. Yes, sir. You and I need to have a little chat about that. <laughs> you wanted it. Bend over and I'll give it to you, number one. Hot. Um, still think I'm trouble? I'm sure of and it. And they kiss. They kiss again. And then they fuck in between of scenes. Course. From the moment I met you, I knew you were going to be trouble. You look like a man who could handle trouble. Any woman who can beat a Ferengi at his own game bears watching. Look, I don't wish to appear rude, but I'm not seeking Jama hor Horong. <laughs> All right, but you really should try it sometime. <laughs> She's... Was it a relaxing trip, Captain? Uh-huh. I knew he'd have a great time. It's almost May West. Vash is almost a little May West, and I love it. Yeah, I can see that. Mm -hmm. Come up and see me sometime. <laughs> Promise me you will try and stay out of trouble. I always try. <laughs> Have I mentioned how imaginative the Rysian women are, sir? Too often, Commander. First, I have to find it, and that won't be easy, with Sovak watching me every minute. I'll go in your place. And what about me? You'll remain here, it's safer. Is that an order? Absolutely. This isn't a starship, Jean-Luc. I don't follow orders. You are outrageous! Thank you, you're pretty stimulating yourself. <laughs> Welcome to Risa. All that is ours is yours. Are you taking these books? Oh, well, I'll take some light reading in case I get bored. Ulysses by James Joyce, Ethics, Sophistry, and the Alternate Universe by Vinkuda. You call that light reading? To each his own number one. We don't all just read Archie comics. <laughs> the more difficult the task, the sweeter the victory. Pervert. Bet your ass. That kind of vacation isn't for a man like you. You need excitement. Excitement? Spending the night in a damp cave, chasing after something we shall probably never find. You're enjoying yourself, aren't you? Yes. I just wanted to hear you say it. Say my name, Picard. Say it. Well, I, I'm looking forward to Jennifer Hetrick returning in that role, because she's the best damn part She of really is. She's exceptional. And I was looking through her credits, and she's just done so much TV and killed it. Lots of guest work. Good for her. And she still looks great. Ugh, she looks fabulous. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe she'll come on Picard. That'd be pretty good. That would actually, that'd be a very fun. They'd have to, they'd have to go move away from like a single storyline over a whole season kind of format to really, well, no, maybe they could, they could weave it in. She could be in an episode where they had to get the, the thing from this one planet. The thing from the thing. But yeah, no, it'd be so good. It'd be so good. Mm -hmm. Well, Cameron. Yes, Daniel. How many sensationally tight Captain Swim Trunks, would you give this episode? <laughs> I'm going to give it four. Yeah, I give it three and a half. I yeah. I want those swim trunks though. I know. Two points of my score are are for the trunks. <laughs> I want them, and if anyone can find them, girl, I will pay handsome. I will make you some. 
Okay, but... Do you want them that color? Well, yeah, I want them to look exact... I want them to be identical. And then I want Patrick Stewart to wear them. I mean... And then I want okay. them. Okay, all right. I'll see what I can do. I'll give Peace Stew a call. <laughs> I think him and I are about this. I think Peace Stew in 1990 and Dan in 2020 are about the same size. <laughs> Well, we have loved it, hated it, quoted it, and rated it, and that just leaves one last thing for us to do. That's very true. And that's for me to wish you all to not just have a great week, but to make it so. And for Dan to say... Keep on trekking. Which lasted... The 80s lasted until 95. Don't argue with me. I... I will, but we'll save that. <laughs> no, the, the previous decade always clings on for another fi- for like five years or so before it can find its own, and then that decade becomes a monstrosity and clings on for another five years. You're telling me that 2000 to 2005 was still the yes. 90s? Yes. No. I was in high school in 2004, and it was not the 90s, Kate. I was also in high school in 2004, and it was the 90s. I don't think you understand, Cameron. <laughs> we had the Motorola Razor. You're right. I'm not talking about the electronics. I am talking about the no, no, no. fashion. The 90s <laughs> died when the Moto Razor came out. The Moto Razor is the most 90s cell phone that has ever existed. <laughs> yes. No, the Nike, the the Nokia, you know, the one with the extendy yeah. antennae. That's the most 90s cell Well, that's cell because phone. that's what existed, but like, they wanted the razor. Was still being used through the early 2000s. Don't give me your bullshit <laughs> time stuff, Cameron. I'm, You're wrong about time travel. You're wrong about decades. I am decades. not wrong about decades. I yield my time. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Sorry, I got distracted. All the blood seemed to be flowing elsewhere. Um. <laughs> to graphic? <laughs> It was worth it for that face. Anytime I can make you do that face, I'm gonna. A Secret Weapon Production.